Hey guys, welcome to the Makeup Mentor Podcast. My name is Anita. I am your money mindset coach and makeup mentor. This is a podcast where we talk little about makeup and we actually talk all about the business side about being a freelance makeup artist. The beauty industry is a $500 billion industry and we're tapping into it simply just by believing that we can. So if you have the limiting belief that we can't make money in this industry, mm, this podcast is for you. I'm not only gonna tell you all the things that I've learned the hard way, but I'm also gonna be bringing on the experts in the beauty industry to go over their tips, tricks, strategies, and stories so that you can take your business to the next level. Now, without further ado, let's get right to it. Hi, friends. Welcome back to the Makeup Mentor Podcast. I am so unbelievably happy and excited today for you guys to get in Patricia's energy. She is somebody who is so unbelievably just like your energy is so attractive, especially on social media. I just love tuning into every single thing that you do. And you guys are going to fall in love with everything that she does and the things that are manifesting for her. So my first question for you, Patricia, is... How are you doing today? Hello, I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me to chat and thank you for that awesome intro, Anita. <laughs> yeah, this is this is so fun for me. I feel like you are somebody who that helps me maybe see how people see me on their Instagram. Like I know I post a lot on Instagram and stuff like that, but it's like, I'm always like, I wonder if anyone actually watches this. And then I watch your, your Instagram stories all day long. It (laughs) puts things in perspective for me. That's awesome. Yeah. I love showing up on Instagram stories. It is a lot of fun. I'm doing, I'm doing really, really good. I'm happy that it's hot and the sun is out and we're getting some really good weather. So feeling good. Yeah, because we're both in San Diego. I'm in Los Angeles, but what? we're in Southern Oh my Canada. gosh. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I've literally thought that you were in San, San Diego. Diego. No, I do go there quite a bit. Um, I actually see an amazing chiropractor and he actually works more in energetics with a specific treatment called Spinal Network. I know this is totally off topic, but I go to Encinitas once a month to see him. So I spend a lot of time in that area. I love Encinitas. I love San Diego. Great vibes over there. Great people. But yeah, I'm here in sunny Los Angeles, but we're still neighbors. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I love everything about the chiropractor. I always talk about going to the chiropractor all the time. So the fact that you said that it ties with energy, I might have to go see him. Yeah, he's awesome. So we're just going to do a quick rapid fire um, so that we can get to know each other a little bit more. The listeners can get to know you a little bit more. So I just have some really quick questions. Are you ready? I love this. Let's do it. The first question I have for you is how old were you when you first started putting on makeup? Ooh, 14. Wow. Yeah. I think, I think 14 and it's really funny. I know this is supposed to be rapid fire, but you're never going to get rapid fire from me. I have to tell you my whole <laughs> life story. I didn't really go from like playing with makeup as a young girl to like, then really putting on makeup. If my memory serves me right, I just dove. I fell in love with makeup because I saw a YouTube video when I was 14 years old. It was makeup geek. 
the beloved Marlena Stell. If anybody's familiar with her, I'm sure a lot of your audience is. <laughs> this is back in the day when she still had like her old Logitech 16 megapixel camera and she would sit on the floor and she would only do like eye tutorials. And I remember going home after middle school, watching this video. I remember specifically, it was a green eyeshadow look and it was just like instantaneous for me. It was never like, oh, I need to be a professional bridal makeup artist. It was just like, I need to get my hands on a brush and a palette. And I just took off from there. I would do all my homework, wait for my parents to fall asleep. I don't really know why, why I would do that, but I think I really wanted to get super creative. And I knew that how much makeup I wanted to pile on my face would like not be acceptable to them for their <laughs> teenage daughter. So I'd wait for them to fall asleep and I would do crazy looks on my face. This is also in the age of Lady Gaga. So Lady Gaga was so inspirational to me. I would do crazy looks. Actually, fun fact, if you go on my website, patriciacastromakeup.com, I'll just go ahead and plug myself now. Why not? <laughs> It's kind of a secret, it's not that secret, but it's a hidden link. If you go to my about page, I have more my just like regular about me. But then at the bottom, there's a button that says, how did I get here? And I have my story from where I just, what I just told you right now, 14 year old Patricia with some pictures of the crazy looks that I did. So oh if you want to go look at that, I have pictures of what I would do. I'm talking like cougar print peacock eyeshadow colors just all the fun stuff so that's really that's really how I started I don't have any memories of me just like doing a little lip gloss and mascara like I just dove right in there was no in between for me which is very in line with my Aries personality so I just dove right in <laughs> that's when I oh my god yeah I love it yeah I'm definitely gonna go check I'm gonna go spy and find that picture yeah and I'm gonna repost it on my story so that all the listeners can do know. it do it I had so much fun that was such a fun time but I just love it because in the beginning like we I don't know it's just such an amazing way to be so creative so I love how that's part of your story about literally experimenting absolutely so my second rapid fire question for you is how did you learn how to do makeup oh my gosh so I say this I really just think Okay, I'm saying this from a very humble place, but I really feel like God gifted me with this skill because, you know, everybody has a talent. Some people, they, they're just amazing public, uh, public speakers. Some people have an amazing voice. Some people are super flexible. Some people are just gifted with the ability to do gymnastics. Some people are gifted at math. And there are just certain gifts that you are given. And if you tune into them, and notice those parts about yourself. Like there are certain things like, okay, I'll tell you a story. Golf, holy crap, golf doesn't come naturally to me, but my dad is an amazing golf player. But I even, I think if I practiced for months and months and months, I still wouldn't even be like considered decent. But with makeup, like I remember going to the store and if me and my mom would ever even just go to like the 99 cent store, I would low key, like try to put some of the cheap palettes if anybody that's listening to this podcast right now can even remember the OG Coastal Sense. Do you remember Coastal Sense, Anita? No? I oh my God. Yeah. I, hope some, I hope some people know what I'm talking about. This was like the cheapest of the cheapest palettes you could ever get before like the age of Morphe. Because now Morphe, you can get like so much stuff for such a great price. 
I would spend, so now I'm like 15, 16, and I actually got a job at that age. I was working at a frozen wow. yogurt store. Yeah, I was working for a frozen yogurt store. So going to high school, working frozen yogurt, maintaining my 4.0 GPA, <laughs> and then waiting for my parents to fall asleep. And I was still being super creative on my face. And I feel like, obviously, I, I was inspired by what I was seeing on YouTube, but I never really felt like I had to, like, practice from a technical standpoint. I really feel like it just came naturally to me. And then as I grew up a little bit more, so like 17, 18 now, I'm kind of like playing on other people's faces. On my own prom day, actually, I had my prom in 2009. I was 18 years old. That was actually one of the most special days of my life because I had seven girls come to my house, like, ba, 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 didn't charge a penny. Oh I just God. laid it all day, barely had enough time to do my own hair and makeup, but I did. And I just remember feeling like I could do that forever. Like I was on my feet all day, just helping people feel beautiful. I was just in the zone. And I remember thinking like, I loved that. I don't think... I don't think I even want to go to college anymore. I just want to do makeup. So yeah, I definitely had to practice. But as far as learning, like genuinely, I, I feel like it kind of came naturally to me in many ways. And I've just built, I've just built throughout the years on different techniques. So yeah. Oh, I love it because I know there's somebody who's listening right now and they ha also have that gift too, but they haven't really embodied it. Oh yeah, I totally you know? I totally agree. So my last question for you is who is your favorite makeup artist? Like you could pretend like you're going to meet them. You're going to be best friends with them. Who is your favorite makeup artist? Oh my goodness. This is going to be really hard for me to answer. Actually. I don't think I can give you an answer. I'll start with Adam Lee Simmons. He's like a local Los Angeles makeup artist. I love his work. It blows me away. His style I want to emulate it so bad. Obviously, Mario Dedovanovic, love him, super inspired by him. And also, so that's who I'm inspired by, just like as far as signature style and signature look. But I can also say, and I actually can't say her name because um, I've been talking about her with one of my associates recently. We just studied her website and we studied her body of work. And she is a makeup artist that has completely kind of like created her own bridal niche where she'll stay all day with the bride and she functions at just a whole different level in the artistry business. She has a much higher price point than what I think anybody would expect, but she's super successful. So I want to mention her because um, I, I want to meet her and she's one of my favorites as of last week because of her business model. So I like mm. to follow people who I love their style. And then I love to be very inspired by people's business models, especially when they're kind of at like that next evolution for me, because I am moving into the coaching space. But for right now, like I've also decided that I want to continuously just be a makeup artist so I can always coach mm. from a place of experience. Because I've also considered retiring, like just to be completely transparent. I wow. have that idea too for 2023, but it just doesn't sit right with me. So I figure I want to always practice what I preach and I want to always level up and evolve. I always want to experience rejection. I always want to experience hardships and challenges 
So I always want to be in the arena. Like I always want to be working. And for me, what that means is I always want to be, I always want to be working as a makeup artist so I can speak from a place of experience. Mm. So just challenging myself to, to, to kind of learn from other artists that are at the next evolution. I love it. So yeah, those are my, sorry, I can't mention her name. I just don't know it off the top of my head and I don't want to misname her, but yeah, she's awesome. I was going to say, once you find her, we'll put it, we'll tag her yeah, yeah. in. She's, she's, a, she's a luxury makeup artist that serves brides in Napa. I could tell you that. And mm. we'll get, we'll get her link and put her in the show notes. Cause yeah, I've been very inspired by her lately. Wait, what, before we continue, what is one thing that you notice about her? Ooh, well, I can say that the way she um, speaks about her level of knowledge and um, service to her clients, she does that so well and so unapologetically on her website. I, it's so funny because I was just introduced to her last week when I was sitting at lunch with my associate after a wedding. And she was like, Patricia, you have to see this. And you should have seen my face. I mean, probably if if I was sitting across from myself, my whole face probably lit up and my eyes got super big because I get really inspired when like people. So right now, like I already feel like I'm at a level where um, my prices are totally above average. If you looked at all the makeup artists in Los Angeles, I've already kind of blown that concept out of the water, which puts me in a place where like, it can, you have to rise up to the level of being able to command that price point. And once you take action on that, if we want to kind of speak in terms of like how the universe communicates with you, you're going to be tested. Like you're going to get the no, feel the emotion of rejection And you have to process it and continue to like choose, like, no, this is what I choose. And I'm going to live into this version of myself, you know, and, and believe, believe that this is possible for me and get my belief to 110%. So whenever I see somebody, I already feel like I'm above average. So when I see somebody who's already like above, 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 above average, I'm like, one of my mottos is I want to be an, I want to use my life as an example of what's possible. So I'm always trying to look for somebody who's even functioning above me because they give me an example of what's possible. And Mm -hmm. I'm sure you can resonate with this. And a lot of your audience can resonate with this. I level up super quickly in my life. Like if we talked last year, I I do focus a lot of my conversation around pricing. I love to dive into that on my Instagram to help people build confidence around that area. Pricing is only one manifestation of like leveling up, but just for the purposes of this conversation, if you talk to me a year ago, just how my pricing reflects where I'm at. If you talk Mm. to me once every year, you'd be like, what the heck? What is she doing? Like, how is she making these decisions? Because I level up, I choose to level up very, very quickly because I'm always trying to just learn and evolve and grow and meet myself at the next level and struggle at the next level and learn at the next level. So I'm never staying stagnant for long. And it's not easy, by the way. It yeah. is not easy. It is the hardest thing. It really is the hardest thing to show, to like keep showing up with the goal of challenging yourself. So mm-hmm. tangent, well, but that's how I feel. 
I'm inspired by her for all those reasons, because I'm sure in her whatever 16 year career, she wouldn't be the artist she is today if she didn't continuously challenge herself. Because I think what she's doing is amazing. I'm very inspired by her. Mm. We will have to get her name now. We have to get her name. One, you're going to re-listen to this and you're going to realize why I asked you that question. And the answer is, is because whatever you see in her is in you. And so when you re-listen, you're going to really, honestly, the first time I ever did this exercise, I was like, because you you start to realize of how people see you. And I'm going to be completely honest with you, Patricia. I don't know if you're conscious of how much of an inspiration you're like when I said that your energy is attractive, like everything about you, you have a very authentic, I don't care what anybody says about me, thinks about me, whatever, the way that you show up on social media, it's very, very like, just want to be around it, you know? And so when you re-listen to that, you're really going to be able to put yourself in that perspective because you're very not knowledgeable on what you're doing and what you're teaching us, especially in your stories. Like I told you, I get hooked. And then the other thing I want to say about that is I like how you pointed out how level leveling up and your how quickly you're able to do so. Because yeah. honestly, guys, if you're listening to this right now, all you really need is one person to like make that purchase, and then you know that it works. And then anytime after that, you just add more value and it's more of the belief that you have to take it than anything else. Right. Thank you so much. I love that practice. And I'm glad that like you low key, like asked me that question with the purposes of having me kind of able to reflect on what I see in others is what I see in myself. Thank you. I receive, I receive all (laughs) to hear that today. So thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. And I think it's the same for everybody listening too. like, you know, I, I get so excited to meet all the listeners and stuff like that, because I really just want everybody to know that we're all just human. We're all the same. If, you, if you're listening to somebody else's story yeah. and you get chills, if you listen to Patricia, you get chills. Like that's why I bring on these guests because guys, everything that they do is possible for you too. And if you get chills, you get excited, you know, tune into your body, you're resonating with that for a reason. And you've even attracted these people because you're looking for something more. So mm-hmm. The so true. so true. Yeah, let's get to the story. I'm like literally so curious. Like, I know that you said that you're like getting into makeup, and then you're like, I even thought about quitting college. Was what was the actual plan? Okay. Oh, great. Okay, this might take up 15 to 20 minutes of the podcast, but I'll try to run it through as quickly as possible. <laughs> so, what was the actual plan? So, I come from an Asian background. My parents emigrated from the Philippines in 1990. I was born in 1991. I think my mom got here literally three months before I was born. So, they made that trip to the States. I'm an only child, and I ended up being an only child. So, just from that perspective, like as far as how you're raised, kind of the expectations that you live into. I had that idea that I really wanted to pursue makeup artistry. And I can't remember, honestly, if I asked my mom if I could go to cosmetology school and she said no, or if I have that in my brain because I told myself no. Oh, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I can't really remember, but I will tell you that I did end up 
I applied to so many different colleges when I was a junior and senior. And as a little side note, I actually went to a really great high school that was college prep. It it took a lot for you to get what's what's it called? Approved? No. Accepted. Accepted, Accepted into that high school. So I felt like at that age, I had a lot of naivete, if that's the right word. So because I had a 4.0, and there's a, there's a point to this, not just that I'm a smart cookie, but even with my 4.0, I was ranked like kind of in the top-ish, but middle-ish of my class. So even though I had a 4.0, I didn't get into a lot of colleges. And I remember being so disappointed at the time and feeling like I had spent so much of my parents' money, like applying to all these colleges, because it's not cheap to apply to each and every college. So I remember being disappointed. And from that place, also just with like the financial burden of deciding to go to a college and paying the full tuition, I remember deciding that I would just go to my local community college, like pretty pretty far down the line, I think. Like I, I think I felt like I was hoping... I made that decision pretty late because I, I think I was like waitlisted for some schools or I just didn't get accepted to like the colleges that I was really excited to go to. But of course, in hindsight, I mean, literally the perfect path for me, but in the moment I was disappointed. So I ended up going to community college and I don't know if anybody else can relate to this, but I was that girl that was super book smart, very studious, very focused on academia in high school. And then in college, I gave no beeps. I started to drink. I started to party. I didn't go to class because my parents did not really focus on my schooling anymore. I think because obviously they had developed a trust in me from high school and my overall success there and my behavior. But when I went to my local community college, I just started to really focus on work. I started to have more friends. I had gone to a pretty small Catholic school at the time. So also just like, I feel like I was actually pretty sheltered. So when I went to college, the veil was kind of lifted and I was just exposed to so many new things that I grew a lot, but I also just totally stopped caring about school. So I was that girl that used my dad's money for like five, I think I went to community college for five years and I didn't even leave with an AA. So if you look at it just from, from like an outside perspective, I was a community college failure. Like I could not get my crap together. So I started working, fast forward a little bit. Now I'm like 19, 20, 21. I thought I was a grown ass woman. I got my own apartment. I ended up leaving that frozen yogurt store. I worked at that frozen yogurt spot for like five, six years. I absolutely loved it there. All I ate was frozen yogurt. It was like my main diet. (laughs) So delicious. And I I remember thinking like, okay, I'm grown up now. I have this apartment. Let me get a different job. So this starts my journey of like thinking I'm grown and getting a bunch of different jobs. I won't go through all of them, but that first one was a military service transportation customer service agent. So I would go to work at 5 a.m. And my job was to be the customer service representative for military service men and women who were being given orders to travel from like Japan to Camp Pendleton, Italy to Germany, Germany, Germany to Japan, just all of these different, like, like they just get orders and they need to take their family and leave. So we would be the company that would um, facilitate the the moving services. And while their goods were being moved, I was the customer service agent. 
And girl, mm-hmm. let me tell you, that was not fun. It was a soul killer. I dealt with a lot of different people and I'm very grateful to the service men and women of our country. But um, <laughs> to be totally transparent, some of them were total assholes. I, I have some really funny stories. Some people, one time I got accused of selling guns to the black market because the truth is like you can get on a plane and travel even the longest flight in the whole entire world. What might be like 18 hours. So you might be traveling for like a full 24 hours. When you put your stuff on a boat, though, it has to travel over the Pacific Ocean or whatever ocean it's going on on a freight. Then it lands in customs. Then it has to go through customs. And my screen, I'm here in Torrance, California, talking to people in Italy, Japan, Germany that are mad at me because it's taking too damn long. My oh, my God. My screen is just flashing in transit, in transit. And I have to be the one to mitigate their requests and mitigate their expectations but they would start to get really livid. And listen, it was a hard job for me, but understandably so. Because if you have to move with your kids, they have to start a new school in France, a new school at the new military base camp. You're like, bro, where are my things? It's been three and a half months. Anyways, that's a long story, but that was my first job. I ended up, so I'll tell you something. I'm a quitter. I have no problem telling people I'm a quitter. I'll just quit. If it's like, listen, there are just some things you just have to, you just have to release it. So I remember- writing I had rent to pay by the way and I wasn't doing I wasn't doing makeup on the side actually so this is a quick blip in my timeline but from my prom day to this age now where I'm like focusing on just making money like I was at that young early 20s mindset where I was just like let me just party live on live in an apartment and make money in the traditional corporate adult way I did not do makeup. I did not do makeup. I didn't pick up a brush. I wasn't being creative anymore. Like I just didn't really pursue it. So that's kind of fascinating, but I just gave it up for a while. Mm. I remember writing a letter to my boss, an email, and I just didn't show up on Monday and I didn't have a job and I had rent to pay. Okay. (sighs) This is also very much part of my personality though. Like I'm very, I'm pretty compulsive. I make quick decisions, but so far they've all, they've all served me. So I did that. After that, I think I went back to the frozen yogurt shop because I was desperate. And then I got into the restaurant. I got into the restaurant um, industry. I started off at like a local Mimi's Cafe, which was like a very fast paced, casual breakfast, lunch and dinner type spot. That was challenging. From there, I kind of, I wanted to make sure that I could get a kind of like a higher, higher position. So I ended up working at more of like a semi fine dining spot. There's actually the only one that's standing is at Gaslamp in San Diego. It's the melting oh, nice. pot. Oh, the melting pot. Okay, yeah. I work. I worked there. So served there. Started making good money. Got promoted to bartender. Now, fast forward, I'm like 22, 23. Okay, so now it's like 2014. This spot had a weird turnover rate. Like we would lose a lot of managers. Well, probably because managing a restaurant sucks, mm-hmm. <laughs> but they asked me if I wanted to start being a part-time manager. And you see the way my work ethic works, I have to take promotions. Like, like I said, I have to always challenge myself. So I said, yes. So I would take a few tables and make some tips, which by the way, I just want to preface. I loved serving. It challenged my brain. Like you have to talk to people, but also remember all the different things you'd have to do. 
working at this fine dining spot also, it was like very fast paced. You had to be on your feet, but also have good communication skills. Like I'm very grateful for all of my serving experience. I'm really grateful for all of the different jobs I had growing up. So I would serve tables. Then I would have to clock out, clock back in, put on a blazer and then wear these like serve safe shoes that made my feet smell so freaking bad. And this was the beginning of the end for me because that management position, I really, really did not enjoy. Like it was very soul sucking for me. I just did not enjoy what that entailed. And I also think like it really threw my lifestyle for a loop. I wasn't like a very conscious human being at the time, by the way, like I was just living on whatever, like unconscious mode. So I would wake up every day, like at noon. I would go to Chick-fil-A with my boyfriend at the time, get a giant venti caramel macchiato Starbucks, go to work, Mm. serve the tables. And I was working like probably 50 to 60 hours a week, making less money because I gave up the serving and bartending, which I didn't know at the time. Okay. Like they promised you this salary, but again, the naivete was strong. So now I'm 24 and I am really struggling. Like I am quite miserable, to be honest. I remember like laying in bed. Oh, I moved back home, by the way. The whole apartment thing did not work out. Wow. Yeah, that did not work out. It only lasted for like six months, actually. Probably because I quit my job and I didn't get along with those, those girls at the time. We're friends now, but you know, growing up, growing pains. So I'm back home. I have this management job. I'm working a lot. I'm super lost. Like I felt like I had lost my zest for life, my passion. I was doing something that I did not enjoy. So I would come home every day and I was just like, I feel so unfulfilled. And I remember probably feeling so unfulfilled because, and I think a lot of young adults go through this. You think you have the perception that if you check off certain things on your list, like for example, getting a restaurant management position should equal happiness and money. And I was experiencing the complete opposite of all those things. So not only was I struggling because I didn't like the job I had, but I was struggling because I felt very like lost. Like just that chapter of like young adulthood where you're like, wait, I thought that was supposed to make me happy. Like what is going on? So I took some time to reflect. I just remember like feeling like, can I just move? I just need to take like a mission trip to India. That's not a joke. I genuinely was like, let me just move to India. I need to do something else with my life because I can't do oh this my anymore. God. Also, have you ever worked in a restaurant, Anita? Yep. I've, I've okay. bartended. I served mostly bartending. Okay, amazing. So you know the lifestyle is like you go out to drink after, right? Yeah, every yeah, it's like, well, we worked really hard today. Let's go to Let's TJ Friday's and have a strawberry margarita. So I mean, part of my unhappiness too, like I do need to take some accountability and authority over my decisions. But my life, I I really was living in like groundhog day like wake up every morning, again, Chick-fil-A, Starbucks, work, hate my life, hang out with the same friends every day, then go to TJ Fridays, drink until 2 a.m., go home, fall asleep, wake up feeling like crap the next morning. And you just repeat the cycle because you don't know any better. So that was my life for probably, I don't know, maybe like a year, Mm -hmm. a year of the management position. And I remember trying to quit multiple times. I'm like, okay, universe, I'm ready. And the owners would tell me that they'd give me a raise. And I took the raise a couple of times. It took me like the third time to finally be like, no, I'm done. I'm really, really done. So at this point, 
I did, this is 2014. I did start to kind of get creative again because I was so unhappy that sometimes on like my days off, I remember kind of doing makeup and I would start to wear a lot of makeup to work, but wasn't on Instagram yet really wasn't actually marketing it wasn't doing it for friends and family so finally I successfully quit I finally released this job again no backup no backup no income I'm living with my parents and I make the decision I'm going to quit and I'm going to pursue makeup like point blank period I'm going to pursue makeup so yeah so now we're getting into the meat of the story So I quit, I think it's like August, 2014, August or November, somewhere near the fall or winter of 2014. I start, I open an Instagram. I make the crappiest website of life. I take out a credit card. They give me a $500 limit. That's all they would give me. And I buy some foundations. And I, do you remember when the Anastasia contour powders were all the rage from like banana? Uh Yep. I bought every uh, single shade because in my brain, I was like, well, if I'm, I'm going to be professional, the one thing I need are the Anastasia Contra Power. So I spent, oh my God. Spent, all, I spent all my money, all my leftover money, maxed out my credit card, and then I signed up for Uber. So I drove Uber in my car, 2007 Honda Accord, still have the car. That's what I drive to this day. And I would drive Uber so that like my parents wouldn't really have to like totally support me because I was at ground zero at this point but I just knew that I was going to do whatever it took to just do makeup Mm. and I used just like my love for makeup and my passion to drive me because there was no outside evidence that I was going to be successful okay there was zero like I was doing my friend's makeup I was doing quinceaneras I was doing super super just like weddings for like literally asking for like $40. I'll come to your house and do your wedding makeup. And a lot of people didn't like my work. Like a lot of people weren't thrilled, right? <gasps> this is the beginning. You got to start somewhere. I would stay up until the middle of the night and I would go on Model Mayhem and I would just scavenge that website for, because that's a really shysty website. If nobody knows, you don't really want to just like meet every single person on your page. You kind of want to like make sure the work is good. It will benefit your portfolio. It's a semi-professional photographer. I would scour the pages for people in the beauty and bridal world just to create like collaborative meetings. I would Mm. drive to the Valley, Malibu, Beverly Hills. These are like all hour to over an hour drives for me, totally for free, just to do the shoots. So I could get photos and I just grinded it out. Like I grinded it out. I was going to work for free no matter what. So I did that working with a bunch of random people, you know, just really like I wasn't getting paid, but I was getting paid with experience and getting Mm -hmm. paid by building my network. And I just hit the ground running and I didn't give up. So then Fast forward now a little bit, it's summer 2015. So really this hadn't actually been that long because I quit my job fall of 2014. By summer 2015, I have a family friend who is the head catering coordinator and event manager for a hotel in Redondo Beach. Oh, wow. My studio, my beautiful makeup studio is now in that hotel. I I have been there for six years. And the reason why is because even though my work was very basic at the time, she saw that I was taking my artistry very seriously 
And there's a room there that used to be the gym, which is crazy. Cause if you see my studio now, it's like, it's very cute, but it's, it's, it's quaint. It's kind of, it's small. You'd be shocked that it was the gym. And she said that they were planning on renovating. And if I wanted to, I could have a space in that room for $300 a month. Oh my I, was, God. I was lucky if I was making like $80 a month. Okay. This is the very, very beginning of my career. No consistency, no real clientele. I'm not even booking like quote real clients yet. And what I mean by real clients is like where you get an email from like a complete stranger and they're like, Hey, you're great. Can you do my makeup? No, I was still, I was the one begging people to let me do their makeup at the time. So $300 seemed like a ton of money to me because I knew I could not physically make that monetary investment, but I knew I had to do it. I didn't care what I had to do. I'd drive Uber more or I'd ask my mom for money. (laughs) So I did it. I signed the lease, started working in that studio. If you see pictures of my studio now, my studio is very cute. I have chairs. I have cute decor. But at the time, it was literally just like set up a table, bring my foldable makeup chair. And I just used that studio to really level up because I knew that even though, and this is so funny because I think sometimes in our inner world, we don't feel legit. Like our inner Mm -hmm. talk is like, you're not good enough yet. You're not a professional but I used the studio to kind of like elevate my self-concept because I knew that even though if I didn't believe in myself hundred percent, this studio made it look like I knew what I was doing. So I just, again, like focused on just believing that I would be able to, to glean new clients and serve and get better at my skills. So that really was like, I really feel like getting my studio was like the pop-off moment for me. Even though I, I know every little, every little step, it's so funny because when you look on Instagram, it's like, you would never know the behind the scenes. You, you can only see what people are going through right here and now, mm-hmm. but oh my God, each of the bricks that I laid, like each of the little decisions, each of the failures, each of the successes, like even just the journey to getting the studio, which is now like six years in my past, like I really love retelling this story because it gives me an opportunity to just like love on myself and remember all of the all of the the commitment I had to put in so got that studio in 2015 the summer and really from then like 2015 2016 2017 I was still like baby makeup artist I'm like I'm the one begging people to book me (laughs) and then just building my body of work and building my confidence in like 2017, 2018, and 2019, it was just like exponential growth every year. I remember feeling like, oh my God, I made it. Like you have those little milestones where like, you're Mm -hmm. like, oh my God, if I could just make $2,000 a month, I'd be happy. Which is when you look back on it, like, I just want to say for anybody who has one of those goals in mind, like just keep going because a year or even, it doesn't matter how long it takes one year or 10 years from now, you're going to look back at that goal and kind of have a little giggle because not only will you achieve that, but you'll surpass it by leaps and bounds if you keep showing up for yourself. So I just remember wanting, just knowing if I could just make two grand, because to me, like if I can make four, what's, what's two times 12? Oh my God. Hello. 24 24 grand. To me, just so funny. 24 grand a year. I was like, yes, please. That is all I need. Cause that was pretty similar to like maybe what I was making as a server. Yeah. 
you know, 24 to 36. I'm like, okay, if I could just make two or three grand a month being a makeup artist, I'll be so happy. And I remember like, I wasn't really even tracking my income because when you're just like, when you're just like going after it, you're not really spending time doing your budgeting or like really like doing your accounting. You're just like going. And I remember like starting to actually get better systems in place, get a booking site, like having a square and like clicking like, you know, your transactions for the month. And I remember having these months where I was like shocked at what I was accomplishing. And it, it was almost like an out of body experience. Like when I noticed that I had made like 4,500 or I had like a $9,000 month. And I was like, what the actual is <laughs> You're like, wait, on? <laughs> you're like, wait, is this right? Is these numbers yeah. right? <laughs> yes, absolutely. So that is my story. I'm just really building. I'm just really building on that, building my branding and my, my kind of like understanding of business. So yes, that is my story. Thank you for listening. Oh my gosh. There's so many things I want to go back on. I think that the most inspiring part of your story, I think is, is the tenacity. And this is something that I teach people when it comes to manifestation and especially when it comes to money. Because you're re, you're rewriting your story, and so true. You, you pointed this out too that you're gonna get tested, and a lot of times, a lot of times when we don't hit financial goals is because we have just a certain uh, belief that it's gonna come through this one way. And so, when you, for your example, for example. Uh, your studio that manifested for you. I love your studio. And this story is so fun for me because now I get to see like all the behind the scenes of how it, it happened. And the fact yeah. that it's in the hotel, that's huge. Yes, I'm I'm so blessed. Like I, I'm so blessed to call that space my home. It feels like I've only been there for like a year, but it's been six, which is insane. Time flies when you're having fun. Yes. So the, the amazing part about that is one, is that you literally got called to make more money. And this happens to so many people, but the fact that you, one, you knew that this was the next step for you. And then two, you started to embody that version of you that already had that ideal business or that made that amount of money. Mm. And a lot of people, I I truly believe a lot of people that are listening to this right now are, are in that position where they are, physically getting called or opportunities mm. or maybe it's even someone that you want to like work with right because I'm always promoting coaches and mentors and you know there's awesome courses like everything that you've already want or desire is already out there and a lot of times what we do is that we see that opportunity for this $300 a month uh, you know studio and we're like oh I'm not making that I'm not gonna do it absolutely absolutely like I was just thinking that like I could have said no because my internal chatter, because, you know, the way our brains work, it's like, we're always trying to mitigate risk. We never want to approach risk. Like all our brains are trying to do is keep us safe and stay the same. And I really had to practice like telling myself a different story. Cause you're absolutely right. Like my comfort zone would have been just to say, no, like, Oh, let me just wait on that. Let me wait until I, I can feel secure. But it's like, one of the things I teach is like, you can that your outer world does not determine your inner emotions. You can actually create confidence and security before you get the thing, which mm-hmm. is another way of kind, kind of, you know, teaching manifestation. I, I know you have to act as if, 
it's done. I have it already. What emotions would you be able to produce if you already believed the thing was true? So it's like, I didn't even have a specific income number in mind when I did it. I just had to start embodying. Like I remember Mm -hmm. when I signed the lease or I had meetings with the coordinator, I like dressed up like a blazer and high heels and I I never dressed up but I I decided to like show up that day and this is when the room was still a gym and she was just like kind of showing me around like hey do you want this or not this is how much it's going to be I didn't have any concrete proof that I could do that I just decided I just decided that I was going to do it and I was going to live into the version of me that like basically was leasing a space which Mm. is incredible so yeah totally, totally huge leap of faith. And that's where the shift really comes from guys. Like the shift comes from you making the decision. I cannot preach about this enough is that because, you know, a lot of times we make that impulsive, like, Oh, I want this or whatever. And it's like, you don't, you have no idea how much power that like actually claiming what you want. Um, that's the other thing about your story that I want to recap on because um, I'm in a training right now with Kathleen. If you guys follow my social media, I am so obsessed with this woman. She teaches about manifestation, but I got in a training with her today and she talked about um, having the desire. And I want to point this out because in your story, you knew exactly what you wanted and you were willing to do whatever it takes to get it. And yeah, not a lot of people... Like for for you and you and I were outcome oriented manifestors, which means that we are so focused on the out out outcome that it's easy for us to see it. But there's other people who are process oriented. There's no right or wrong manifestor, mm-hmm. but they cannot physically see themselves with the studio, with a million dollars, with the team, with the business, if they don't have a plan. Mm-hmm. And so- I just love that people are able to connect with your story because like that really is the type of tenacity that you need to have when it comes to doing anything. Like it could be a makeup business. It could be a launch or whatever it is. I love your rock bottom part. (laughs) Honestly, it's the favorite. It's my favorite part of my life. I know that sounds weird to say. And I do want to touch base on the word you just used, tenacity. Like I want to offer people who are listening that sometimes when you start a business, like let's just say, for example, you don't resonate with the word tenacity. A lot of people think you need to feel happy. People are orienting themselves towards happiness. And what I really want people to hear, and if they only take away one thing from listening, is that happiness is not what actually helps you grow. And that's so fascinating, right? Sometimes you need to produce tenacity. Sometimes you need to produce courage. Sometimes you need to produce discipline. Sometimes you need to produce commitment. Like I would say that more than happiness or like quote, feeling good about what you're doing. Sometimes you need to practice feeling the like different things on the emotional spectrum that actually help you get what you want. So even, even if tenacity doesn't resonate with you, like what might you need to produce to move towards where you want to go? Because you're absolutely right. I'm totally outcome oriented. That's so funny that you said that because I've been reflecting on that lately. And it's almost like a fault. I don't know if you can resonate with this, but it's like, (laughs) because we don't love the process, like Mm. I totally know that about myself. Like 
that's one of maybe like one of my flaws if I let it get away from me. It's like, I'm always moving. I was just thinking this. I'm like, dang, I'm always moving on to the next thing. And don't get me wrong. I love that about myself, but Mm -hmm. it's funny because I think part of the journey, if I could practice anything, it would be also like enjoying the moment, like living into the pleasure of the moment and where you are now. Cause I'm always like, what's next? What's next? What's next? I know. And it's, it's exhausting. Yeah. I don't know. It's, you know, it's funny because with this training with Kathleen, like how you said, like we were talking about the lady um, earlier in the beginning of the podcast, how she lit you up. Kathleen is that person for me. Like she Love teaches it. everything I teach about manifestation, but she's living it. Yeah. Anyway, she was talking about having a goal and like having that tenacity and stuff like that. And she's like, I used to be in this position where I would have a goal, but then I wouldn't make it. So I would just quit and go on to something new. Yes. I was really not conscious that I have been doing that for so long until today. And so wow, yeah. in this conversation, it's just life. Like you really need people to, to see it. Like there's just some things we just literally cannot see until somebody else points it out. Oh my God. hundred percent. Like sometimes it just punches you in the face, like what you need to learn about yourself. And and what I'm I've been thinking about this recently too, especially because I I'm starting to really dive into coaching other industry professionals, and what we do, like what what I think is happening when we don't quote get the goal, and this will tie in like producing that emotion of commitment or discipline tenacity. What we do at every level, and this is why moving towards the next evolution of yourself is not just like a one-time thing and why a lot of people give up is because there are so many layers to it because what Mm. we do at every layer at every next step like let's say it just doesn't go quite right we use that as evidence that we should stop Mm. that is an option you don't have to make it mean like it's so simple and yet so profound to apply it to your own life because it's like what if you get denied for the lease or the car or I don't know even in dating even dating like if you get rejected you'll use it as evidence that you're not good enough or you should stop but it's like but if you get so good at practicing commitment discipline authority, all those emotions that are way more powerful than just like trying to be quote happy, which to me is like, I love to be happy, but I also recognize that just like coasting and being happy and being content is like, sometimes for me, it's like very in the safe zone. Mm. So I love that you mentioned that because, and you, you can tell me if, if you feel like this or not, but a lot of the times it's like why we move on to the next goal is because we think the next goal is going to make us happy Mm. instead of continuing to journey through that part that gets you stuck because it got too hard or you produced a result that you thought meant that you should just give up because this is so funny even though we're go-getters and we like to produce results in our life and we like to evolve I think sometimes we can get addicted to the feeling Mm. of like the new goal because it feels good. It makes us happy to say that we're working towards something, but then it's like, once it kind of gets hard, feeling happy doesn't serve you anymore. You Mm. have to think of something else that's going to get you through all those obstacles. Cause I'm just speaking almost like 
to myself and my own experience because I do the exact same thing. I'm like, let me just pick the next thing so I can just present myself with something more exciting that will keep me happy and safe but not actually go towards and show up for myself so I can produce that thing that I really had decided on, whatever. And this doesn't mean that you don't release things that aren't meant to serve you, but I mm. totally resonate with what you said because I pick new goals all the time. I'm like, let's just move on. It's fine. It's I know, fine. right? Like, oh, yeah, it's good. Same way. It did good enough. Let's go to the next one. I'm like, yeah. no. Keep going, uh, keep going. Yeah. This is like, this is why... I just love this podcast because like I pay my team to, to edit these podcasts every single week and or every single month. And so one, I got to a point where I wasn't doing the podcast anymore because I just couldn't do the editing and stuff like that. And I got called to like, you know, have the team and they do that like for me. Love it. And and it, it really held me accountable. And I, I think it's just even stuff like that, because like, if, if I didn't make that nudge or, you know, to hire the team and do it for me, that I yeah, probably take that risk having this conversation today. Yes. And so the uh, way I'm going here, the direction I'm going with this is that like, this is why we are getting called to coach and mentor. Like your story is so unbelievably inspiring to me. And I, to be honest, that's why I love sharing the, the back end of the struggles and stuff like that, because people need to learn <laughs> from the people who struggled the most. Yes. Like that's literally the best way that you can learn is from like on a practical level, you're learning the strategy and structure that actually work. But on an energetic level, guys, you were literally quantum leaping in the process by skipping all the hard stuff that they did. You know, you're still going to have yeah. your own struggles. But yeah, learning. And so I know that coaching and mentoring is a new embodiment, embodiment for you. Like what is, what is something that you have been coaching and mentoring on lately that you've seen a lot in other people like shifted? Oh yeah. Good question. I would say pricing. A lot of people mm -hmm. are just like reflecting back to me that like, just the reason why they signed up for coaching is because they knew that I would make them raise their prices, which is, was a, which is kind <gasps> of a joke. Cause I'm not going to make you, but what wow. I think is fascinating is that if you sign up for coaching because you thought I was going to make you raise your prices, really what you're just telling me is that you know you're ready to raise your prices. You're just like waiting for somebody to tell you that it's okay. Wow. So that's a, that's a big thing. A lot of people just want to feel more confident. So yeah, that would be a really big thing. And just also just like knowing how to grow and some of those like foundational decisions that you know I think in what we're doing now like you your niche and and your realm is manifestation and that kind of mindset work and it's really funny because I always have to remind myself that the things I've studied and applied to my own life and that I just have a natural affinity for that crap is obvious to me I'm like duh but it is not obvious to a lot of other people. There's wow. other things that are super obvious to them. But so I'm coaching on kind of just those like foundational decisions that serve me very well and can get you to where you want to go. And I don't have the Bible on this, but I just know what mm -hmm. worked for me. And I would love, I'm always learning from other people. So I'm offering a lot of that. And then just diving into just like the mindset, like producing those results and always knowing like never beat yourself up, never use 
things, never use your experiences against yourself because it's like you're punching yourself in the face. I do that all the time, which is why I'm so good at coaching on that. Um, <laughs> right. So yeah, I think I think that's one of the main things. And and really diving too into just like processing all your emotions. Like I personally believe that if you are willing to experience any emotion, and if you just think about what are the worst emotions, like humility, not humiliation, sorry, humiliation, that's like freaking up there on like, oh, that would feel terrible, right? Shame, shame is huge. Guilt, rejection, terror. I know I'm taking this to like the deepest, darkest levels, if you really think about it, if you were willing to open up to all those emotions and all those experiences, there is nothing that you mm. couldn't accomplish. There's nothing that you couldn't accomplish. And so all you have to do, it's like people think that making the decision is hard, but really making the decision is hard because if you don't make the decision, you get to stay safe. So what I'm really hoping to dive into is just like opening up to all the emotions that you, you are maybe scared of. And probably mm-hmm. you're, this isn't happening on a very conscious level because a lot of the times we don't have the ability to like become the watcher and notice what we're experiencing. But a lot of the times like we don't take action because we don't want to feel something. Because mm-hmm. we usually take action, like we were talking about earlier, we take action because we think it's going to make us feel a certain way. Like that's just how we're all wired. We used to go hunting because we were hungry and we knew if we went on the hunt, we'd produce the result, food for the tribe. So just introducing people to their own brain so they can understand themselves better, understand kind of like their emotional feedback loop. Yeah, all that good stuff, all that good juiciness. I love coaching so much. (laughs) Isn't it, it's such a blissful, like, you know, but you know, what they say is that when you teach it, you learn it twice. And I never really understood that. Ooh, until so one, true. You can tell someone, oh, this is all you need to do. And you're like, oh, oh my God, this is all I need to do. And I felt like that alone helped me shift too. I totally agree. I couldn't agree more. It's really challenging because then you, you really do have to be like an embodiment of your work in order to coach it from like a place of integrity. So to be a good coach, like you have to be mm. in the work, you have to be in the breakthroughs in the struggle. So yeah, I 100% agree. I think it's, if like, it's so funny. Cause I think even with makeup, I think a lot of people in the service industry, probably they could say that like, it's not really about the hair, the makeup, the lashes or like the service. It's like, you do kind of turn into like an emotional support. Like, you know, the hair, salon, like the hair salon, it's like where you talk about your life. So I feel like makeup was the first iteration of creating this transformation because part of it is the outer glam transformation, but it's also just like that inner transformation that you get to see on your clients when they see themselves, you know, as just the best version of themselves. Mm. So now like I'm moving into the next iteration of being of service in that way, like producing transformation. So I love, I really love coaching for that, for that reason. I'm obsessed with it. Obsessed. Yay. Oh my gosh. So beautiful. Okay. So before, um, actually let's get on to how everyone can find you. I really feel like we're going to have to do a part two and I know I'm actually coming out LA soon and I need some live 
<gasps> Let's interviews. do it. Let's absolutely do it. Oh my yes. My eye, my eyes just almost popped out of my head, guys. I just <laughs> a huge nudge. So, uh, how can people find you? Like, I know that you're on Instagram and stuff like that, but where where are you most present? And what are you doing now? Like, what are you kind of focusing? Yeah. So I think I'm most present on Instagram. My Instagram is at Patricia Castro Coaching all one word. What I'm working on now, gosh, still working on being the best makeup artist ever, serving my clients, having just a great 2021 and 2022, and then diving into coaching, just really helping people in my industry, honing in on my methodology. And right now what I'm doing is actually 12 weeks of free coaching. I have my group already set up for that. So that has just really been lighting me up and really helped me to just like take action and start living into the next version of myself, which is a full-time mm-hmm. coach, million dollar coach. Isn't it so, funny to say out loud? Yeah, I love it. <laughs> so just, just, I'm always trying to give out value, trying to teach awesome lessons that I'm learning myself. And I'll eventually, you know, just come out with more and more really awesome offers. So that's where I'm at right now. Find me at Patricia Castro Coaching. Yay. Okay, guys. Um, If you're listening to this right now, again, you got chills, you were inspired, or a certain part of your story really, really resonated with you, or you were um, interested in doing inquiries for coaching and mentoring by Patricia. Your work is also absolutely amazing. I'm like, I really want to make a lesson so I can learn how to do my own makeup that way. So uh, make sure that you guys screenshot this episode. Tag us. Please tag us. Please yes. tag us on Instagram. I say this like so much. I swear there's like over 200 downloads on one episode and I get like three things on Instagram and I'm like, please let me know you're listening. So uh, my last question for you is something that I ask at the end of every episode. Well, I've been getting better at remembering to ask it. And this is something I actually do with my one-on-one coaching clients. So what it's going to do is just help you get super clear on what your intuition is telling you to do right now. So the question is, if you had an extra $1 million in your bank account, boop, I just deposited to you. It is 2.06, right? In your time. You're still in Los Angeles. You still live where you live. We're still in a pandemic. Um, you still have the jobs that you have to do. Whatever it is you got to do after this call, you know, you still have to do. What would you do right now? Oh my gosh, you know? Okay, to be completely honest, I've done this exercise before journaling, like how I would spend it. But I think I actually have what's feeling like more tuned in for me right now is to be 100% honest, I would do exactly what I'm doing right now. I don't think I would change a thing, but I would buy myself a beautiful home and I'd buy my parents a beautiful home. That's it. I would decorate my space. I would give myself a beautiful office space to really just give myself joy and that's one thing I would definitely want to create for myself. But other than that, I would just keep trekking forward in the exact same direction. I think I'd probably make a couple of fun investments towards, you know, education. I'm obsessed with investing in myself. Right. Same, so same. I would probably do that. 
but yeah, I, I really thank you for asking that question because really what felt, felt true for me was like, I would just be doing the same thing and just showing up more, serving more because I'd be coming from such a place of like abundance, knowing Mm. that that was already true for me. So yes, thank you. Awesome question. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening and we will see you in the next episode. Bye guys. Thank you. Thank you guys so much for tuning into the Makeup Mentor Podcast. If this episode resonated with you, if it helped educate you or it just changed your perspective in any way, shape or form, please stop what you're doing right now. Take a screenshot and tag me on Instagram at the Makeup Mentor Podcast and you will be rewarded with a free journal prompt just for sharing. Or you can head over to my website and learn about working with me one-on-one, breaking down those money blocks, taking your business to the next level, and possibly even being a guest on the show. Thank you guys again so much for listening to this episode, and we will see you next week.